My next guest today is fellow trainer, Mark Breeden. Um, He is a weight neutral strength coach for women. And I've actually done some work with Mark myself. Um, I reached out to him after having trained at a gym with a PT who was not weight neutral. And although the training was fantastic, I really enjoyed myself. It was weight focused and there was a weigh in every couple of months on a large scale in the middle of the gym, which really I find quite upsetting. And off the back of that, I contacted Mark, who was fantastic. And we worked three months together and it was brilliant. So I cannot wait to talk to Mark today. And he talks about removing the focus from weight loss and the aesthetics and helping his clients focus on what their bodies can do as opposed to what they look like. So without further ado, here's Mark. So welcome to the podcast, Mark. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited for this conversation. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. We have tried and it's my fault that we have not connected (laughs) until this point, but we got there in the end, which is very excited and very exciting. I'm, I'm very glad to have you on because... I followed you for quite some time. You were recommended to me by actually a guy called Jason Winters, who I've also had on the podcast, who is fantastic. Um, After I had been training in the gym with a PT who was not weight neutral, and I had a bit of a difficult experience, and he just suggested, reach out to Mark, he'll sort you out. Um, So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about how you came to the weight neutral world. You can sort of talk to what weight neutral means as well in your definition of weight neutral. And why do you train mainly with women? So that's something really fascinating. So just Go for it, Mark. <laughs> well, the, the, the women question is the one I get the most often, which is which is totally. I bet, fair. yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, so first of all, shout out to Jason. Uh, Jason's great. Um, I'm sure he did great on the podcast. Um, great guy, good content, um, awesome person. Yeah. So, the why I got into the weight neutral space and then why I started working with women are kind of like two separate journeys. So, I'm gonna kind of okay. start with the okay. weight neutral one and then kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, which I did not start weight neutral. I definitely started, you know, training 17, 18 years old. And uh, my high school girlfriend broke up with me. And I thought to build self-esteem back was just to get like really big arms and very much like the aesthetic route that I was like, and, you know, very much thought, you know, bigger biceps equal to better life. Uh, and I probably trained mm. the aesthetics route for, oh, four or five years. Um, did put on some muscle mass that kind of thing, um, found that it was actually not as satisfying as I think people often mm-hmm. make it sound like it would be kind of, you just kind of end up comparing yourself to other people, um, and having your self-esteem centered around aesthetics, I think has a lot of negative attributes to it that like no one really talks about, but I did, I, I would say I was a weight loss body mm-hmm. transformation person for like four or five years. Um, I had a coach around like the five year mark of training who decided like, Hey, let's go for some strength goals. Like, and at the time it was more powerlifting focused. And what I found is that when I focused more on getting stronger, as opposed to like the changes in my body, the journey became more enjoyable. Like I liked training. I valued my training, not for what it made me look like, but for what my body could do now and like what it could lift. And that was, Mm -hmm. I would say like the turning point for me where instead of being totally focused on like the weight on the scale or 
looking the right way or things like that. Like that was, I would say the start of where I started to become like more weight neutral and really more strength focused because I think my version of weight mm -hmm. neutral training is replacing weight loss training with strength training. And I, and how I started working with women is when I started working at a gym, I worked with women of all ages and skills and training levels. And I found that the women who were focused again on the weight on the scale or on aesthetics, it's a very emotional journey. Um, mm. Your the mm. scale can very much dictate how you feel about yourself in a very negative light. Um, and what I found is that the women who were focused on getting stronger, like they wanted to do pull ups or they wanted to have a big deadlift for themselves, um, liked training more, were better at sticking with training. They were more consistent, yeah. um, and they enjoyed training, mm -hmm. and it created self confidence. Um, outside of what they looked like, like being strong yeah. had a lot of value for them and actually like gave them self-confidence both in and out of the gym. And so the reason that I work with women now is that like they in general happen to go through a very similar journey that I went through, which is like low self-esteem, low self-confidence mm. through the process of strength training started to build up that confidence and self-esteem. And so I, I just found for myself that like my journey tended to resonate more with the women that I worked with than uh, with the men. Um, so that's why on my page, like most of the, you know, I'm, I'm showing women who are getting stronger and things like that. And yes. kind of focused more on that as like the time has gone on. But yeah, um, super common question. Uh, there's not a lot of men who work with women. So I totally understand why the question comes up. And <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. Well, yeah, this is, that's really interesting what you've just said. And, you know, I also work with women but recently, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about, I've had a couple of men approach me who have been partners of the women that I work with, who liked the approach that I had because it's not something that they traditionally see in a gym setting. And so they kind of felt able to approach me through their wives. But um, I don't know, do you see the tide changing at all when it comes to men training, Mark? Or do you still see it as something that women are more open to in terms of weight neutral training? I think it's starting to open up a little bit. Um, mm. The space is definitely female heavy. Um, I think it's going to be yeah. female heavy for a long mm -hmm. time. I I am often the first male guest on many weight neutral podcasts, <laughs> like kind of an example. Um, I get that. I get that claim a lot. Um, I, I think it will change over time. I think that the weight neutral aspect of training, well, first of all, like most people who get training are women, like just as like a, just in general, like if you hire a trainer, oh. I think it's like 70, 80% of people who hire trainers are women just to start off with. So you're already getting a sample size that's going to lean more towards women. But I think- And is that generally, get... I'm assuming that's generally about weight loss or body composition? Yeah. Yeah. I think most yeah. like we're the weird ones. I think that that's like important yeah. to acknowledge is that like we, we're, mm. we, we are doing something that is out of the norm for sure. You go to a gym, you get a trainer. Most of the time it's for weight loss, toning, whatever that might be. Um, but I, I think more men will come into the space eventually. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. most people, how they enter the space is going to be, they come from like the weight loss aesthetics route and then they find that that doesn't give them what they were originally looking for. And then the weight neutral route kind of gives them a different approach. Um, I think it'll be a while if I'm being honest. Um, I do know some men in the weight neutral space, but it's, it's few and far in between, even online. Like it's, uh, yeah. and then in person gyms, 
there's very rarely a weight neutral coach at all. Like if you go to like a yeah. commercial gym, like it's there's almost no one who is weight neutral. And if they are, it's almost always female. So um hoping That's, that changes. I mean, We'd love to see it. Yeah. It would be. I mean, it would be. I was gonna talk to you. My next question, which I don't usually stick to the script. So I'm going to try for the first couple. Um, I wanted to talk to you about weight neutrality in the fitness space and the benefits. So you've touched on this already, but the benefits of training for strength and fitness goals rather than aesthetics. Now, you've we've already talked about this, but I um, I had a client recently, which I find this so interesting. She knew that I was kind of not training for aesthetics, but she liked my approach. So she worked with me and we worked together for quite some time. She's fantastic. But she decided to leave because she said, you know, I'm a lot stronger and I feel much better in my body, but I haven't lost weight. And it was this, you know, I just thought that really struck me because she felt better. She moved more easily. She had, you know, lots of things had changed for her in terms of getting up off the floor, except, you know, there's so many things that she could do that she couldn't at the beginning, but she hadn't lost weight. So and that was it for her. Um, you yeah. know, I, I find that I totally accept that everybody has got autonomy and she has got to do what works for her. But I, at the same time, I find it quite sad. Sure. Um, so I, I think you should give yourself more credit than maybe what it feels like. Um, I think the truth is, is that like most people care about weight loss or aesthetics or things yeah. like that. And that to fully mm. shift over is going to be a lot like, you know, imagine someone who's cared for 35 years. And then they come to you and they're, they're trying out weight neutral yeah, for the first time. Like it's going to, it's going to take a while. Um, I think yeah. as the first trainer who has experienced that, I feel like your job is just to like shift the needle over as opposed to them fully adopting weight neutral training. And I think, and it mm -hmm. sounds like you did that. Like, it sounds like, Hey, yeah. like I have all these benefits. I still care about the weight on the scale. And, you know, for someone, I, I work with a lot of people who like, they just want to move the needle. Like they're not, some of them don't care at all, which is great. Like we love that. Um, but some people do, and I'm kind of the person who helps them care a little bit less, like if that makes sense. Like I'm kind of them like, okay, mm -hmm. um, let's get into the gym. Let's make you stronger. I'm not going to talk about your body weight at all. Like we're not going to do weigh-ins, transformation picks, and they might still care at the end of the program, but they, they start to value themselves beyond that. And I, yeah. I feel like yeah. for you as the trainer, it sounds like you did that. Like it sounds like yeah. you moved it over. You know, she knows it exists. It can come back to it later. Um, and I, I think, I, I think, I know it sounds to me like point. you did a good job. Like, I think that's that, um, moving people over to weight, you know, I didn't take me, I was aesthetics focused for 100% for five, six years of training. And then even when I yeah. started turning, I still cared. Um, yes. and that took, took years of multiple training where now I'm kind of at the point where like, I basically want my fiance to think I'm good looking. And then after that, I'm like, I don't really care anymore. Like, that's kind of like, that's where I'm at, <laughs> at this point. I'm like, um, but like, that took time. I love like, that. that's like something. Yeah. Like, that's like mm -hmm. the, like, you know, that's like a, not something that I would expect someone to go through a three month strength training program. And then like, yep, I don't care anymore. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. I don't know. Like yeah, like 100%. Really and it's, it's about planting seeds, isn't it? It's about planting those little seeds rather than you know, my fully full mindset shift. But do you find you do have clients that you work with who have made that mindset shift that are just fully strength focused and they're not thinking about the aesthetic? Yeah. So I would say I get like two categories of people for the most part. So I get people who don't care at all and they actually come mm -hmm. to me not caring already. Um, and so I'm not really, and I'm just the the one trainer they know who 
is weight neutral. And so I end up being like the perfect fit for them because every other coach is trying to get them to do body transformations and daily weigh-ins and all that kind of stuff. And so I end up being just the right training for them. And then I have some people who come to me, they do care about the weight on the scale and aesthetics, but um, they want to change that because that relationship is pretty poor. And so I Mm -hmm. end up kind of moving them over. And I have had people who pretty much don't care at this point. Like they're going into the gym, they're more comfortable in the gym because they're not picking an exercise because it burns the most calories or it's toning or, you know, things like that. Um, But yeah, it it definitely can happen. But I think how that starts happening is that the person has to start taking actions on actual weight neutral things. So like if you're training is still about the weight on the scale and your eating is about the weight on the scale and everything you wear is about like, well, does this make me look that, you know, like we can go down the list. Mm -hmm. I think you have to start doing actions that aren't focused on the weight on the scale. And then over time you start to care less and less. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, I've I've had people who will eventually move over, but it's it's like everything is kind of just a process. This is a question that always, I always sort of think about is there is there a sense that people replace worrying about the weight and the scale to obsessing about the weight they're lifting? <laughs> so um, Ooh, do you question. know what I mean? So you can attach the worth then to, you know, how many reps or what your what your PB is on your deadlift. Um, it's just something that I often think about. You know, if you've got you've had that ingrained belief for so long, you've attached your worth to that weight on the scale, but then you decide to sort of shift. But it's quite hard to make that shift without then the next thing coming in. Right, yeah. So that definitely can happen. Um, Mm -hmm. This might be a controversial take, but I think I prefer that obsession. Um, weight yeah, of course, loss of is, course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think, I think one that thing that's nice about strength is that it's actually relatively easy to keep for the most part. Like if you get to a certain level of strength, maintaining that level of strength is actually like pretty doable. Um, and doesn't mm-hmm. go away as long as you're like mm-hmm. consistently training. Whereas like one of the challenges with the weight on the scale is like, yes, you can lose weight, but it can come back. Uh, statistically yeah. it will come back. And mm-hmm. that's what makes like one of the challenges of weight loss training really tough is that, the journey doesn't end when you lose the weight, the journey continues. And often people talk about weight fluctuations, you know, oh, I lost 30 pounds last year, but I gained it all back this year, you know, stuff like that. Like that's very, very common as part of the journey. Strength is nice that like, hey, if I get you to deadlift 225, like as long as you keep training, like we'll probably be able to keep you there. Like that's actually a really like for for decades, like which is cool. Like it's a nice Mm. benefit of strength training. Um, Can people get too obsessive about the weight on the bar? I think it can happen, but I haven't seen that as much. Mm -hmm. Um, I, in my opinion, and and often getting stronger comes with so many outside benefits that even if there's a little Mm -hmm. bit of obsession with the weight on the bar, their quality of life also tends to get better across the board anyways. So I would say the obsession with the weight on the bar is not as unhealthy as the obsession with the weight on the scale. Yeah. Maybe I'm biased. Yeah. Maybe that's my, like, I, but like, no, I just, <laughs> when I see people who keep wanting to get bigger and bigger deadlifts, it seems they enjoy the journey and like, they get so many yeah. perks of strength training that it ends up being that that obsession ends up giving them a lot better results than constantly trying to change their bodies you know and as as you say when you hit that if you have a goal weight in mind 
when you hit that, what then? I always think in those after photographs, what then? Because you're going to yeah. be terrified that you're going to put the weight on and it's you're not suddenly going to just stay there for the rest of your life. So it's I always just think that's not going to make you happy because that's just, you know what I mean? That's just, you're there at the moment, but then you just get scared of, oh no, I'm not going to be able to keep that. Whereas as you say, if you're building strength, you're building strength, you're building towards something, you're benefiting your body, you're benefiting your muscle, your blood pressure. There's so many benefits from strength training, especially for women 40 plus, as you know. Oh, um, and I'm sure that makes yeah. up a large amount of your clients because it seems to be women hit a certain age and realize, ooh, bone health is very important. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say almost everyone I work with is like over 30 for sure. Um, there are some mm -hmm. exceptions, but um, usually when there are exceptions, there's like one of the lifters I'm working with daughter that I'm now training. Like it ends up being. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would say the bone health is big. I think one thing, and I don't care, and again, I don't care about the weight and the scale or what you look like, but I think we need to have a better conversation on increasing muscle mass, um, especially yeah. in that 40 mm -hmm. plus group. Um, mm -hmm. I don't care what it looks like. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're toned or like if you're, you know, you're shredded or like whatever that, but just it, muscle mass is such a huge health thing. It's such a big quality Massive. of life thing. Um, mm -hmm. And if we're talking about being more independent later in life, there is people who lose independence because they are too weak now. Like that is a very 100%. real, like can't move furniture anymore or take mm -hmm. care of like household tasks or they mm -hmm. can't lift certain mm -hmm. things in their house. And that does cause them to lose their independence in that. If we can give you a good amount of muscle mass, bone health, like you said, all of which can be improved with strength training. Mm -hmm. Like you're just going to be more independent longer and be able to do the things yeah. you want to do longer. I have a lifter I'm working with. She's, mid fifties strength training three days a week for years now. And like, she gets to go hiking with her kids still and be involved in any activity yeah. she wants to be. And she doesn't, she sees some of her other friends. Cause kind of like in the fifties, um, we're speaking generally, of course, that like you start to have health complications that start to affect other activities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that she doesn't have those issues. Like she gets to do whatever she wants. Yeah. Um, and she started lifting in her fifties too. Like she started at 52. That's amazing. Um, so it wasn't like she was, you know, a lifelong lifter. And then now she's, now she's here is like, she started 52 and now she's 55 hiking with her kids, does whatever she wants, Amazing. goes wherever she wants, like just huge. And that stuff is less flashy on than on like a, you know, a TikTok of a woman deadlifting 450 or like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But like, uh, <laughs> like th those end up being like the things that really matter. I think like, especially as you as you know i'm generalizing here but like as you get older you tend to appreciate those things mm. more you know what mark it's so funny because for me 55 seems really young <laughs> i know i, I think um, i think people call young way too early um i have I friends know. so i'm 30 31 um and i i have friends now who are calling themselves old who are like just turning 30 no and in Stop my head it. i'm like what Stop are you it. what are you saying no. you're a child no no you're, no no there's so no, much like no. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, there's so much more to go. You can't be oh, old. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Anyways, I had like, I, I did like a whole coffee chat on my page actually because I was like, you can't call yourself old yet. You're so young. No, there's so I much. Mean, we're time. living longer. We are living longer. Do you know what I mean? So actually, we're gonna live the ninety. Exactly. So at least, at least, um, I yeah. love that, and I, I love. Um, I've got a client who's um nearly seventy. 
And she's amazing. She has only started in the last year because she's got grandkids and she wants to play with them. She wants to get down on the floor and play with them and be able to get back up again, which for me is an amazing goal to have and one which is going to carry her through. Um, But I wanted to ask you about training in the gym versus training at home. So the majority of people that I work with, um, they need flexibility and they hate gyms. (laughs) so not all of them some of them train at gyms but the majority want to train at home so I train a lot with kettlebells I'm a kettlebell coach um so you know and that's definitely a way that you can build up strength from home not everybody can have the barbell in their house especially in England with their small houses yeah (laughs) but um I just wanted to know from you how do you feel about strength training from home? Just throwing it out there, Mark. <laughs> I think it is totally fine. I have lifters who also train at home. I think the pandemic mm-hmm. really caused people to try that out more as well. And I think that works yeah. for a lot of people. I think if you're going to train at home, you still need to give yourself the right equipment to achieve whatever goal yes. you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to do a pull-up, we're going to need a pull-up bar. Like full stop. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. want to have, and I I think some of the challenges that I see is that sometimes people will have a home gym, but it's like dumbbells up to 10 and like some bands and that's it. And I think that works to start, but Mm -hmm. eventually you just get strong enough where the 10 pounders just don't cut it. Like your squat, like you can't, you can only do so many reps with 10 pounds before it stops becoming a strength workout. Mm -hmm. Um, Often I, what I tell people is that like, we can start with this and learn the movements and you can get stronger with light dumbbells, but eventually we're going to have, if you want to stay at home, that's fine. Like if home is more comfortable for you, that's great. But you, we need to invest in more weight. And often Mm -hmm. what I recommend is an adjustable dumbbell set. Usually that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's like easier to put away. It like gets bigger as you get, um, and by 50, I mean pounds, not what so at 20, 22 and a half, 20 kilos? something. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's <laughs> no 20, idea. 25 kilos. Let's say like, I want, I, I would want you to have an adjustable dumbbell up up to at least 25 kilos. They can go heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, because at some point those 10 pounds just aren't going to make you stronger and we're going to just need heavier weight. Yeah. Like, and I can, I can make the workouts more difficult with lighter weights at some point you're going to have to switch over. Um, most of the time it's yes. kind of a, it's almost like a reward to yourself though, that you got so strong that you outlifted yeah. your home, that you got stronger than your home gym. Like that's pretty cool. Um, that you that needed to invest cool. in more. Um, so I'm all for the home workouts. I have lifters who also train at home and like, that's great. That's awesome. Um, super convenient, more flexible. Big fa- I have a home gym, you know, big fans of that. Um, you just need to buy the right equipment. Yeah. And, you know, I've got, I'm always encouraging my clients to up their weights and I get so excited when they buy new weights. I get so ridiculously excited. It's a big <laughs> day. Like, yeah. It's a big day. You know, it really is. Cause it's, and I think that progressive overload is something which you can really see yourself building strengths, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, I've got, I know some people that just, as you say, have those little dumbbells, which is great. You know, that's much better than not doing anything. Absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. But they are going to, if you're doing it regularly, they're going to get to a point where it's really, you're not building muscle because the muscle right. needs that stimulus, doesn't it? We need that bit extra. Well, and here's 
you know, here's the way it's, I totally agree with everything you said. And one of the things, the way I describe it is that what is training training is the stimulus to the muscle, right? So if yeah. we're training, the reason we're doing so is that we're giving our body the signal that it needs more muscle or more strength. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's what training, like you don't get stronger in the gym, you get stronger recovering from the gym. Right. Recovering. So, yes. Yeah. And so if I am lifting 10 pounds all the time and that's all I lift, that's the max. And my body will be like, well, why do I need to give you more muscle mass or strength for this? Like you, you can easily lift 10 pounds. Like that's, I don't, I don't need to adapt for the 10 pounds that you're currently lifting. But if you start mm -hmm. lifting, you know, 15, 20, 25, should I say these in kilos? Would that help? Sorry, I'm Canadian. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kilos would like, be amazing because it's, oh, yeah, cool. it's like a foreign so, language like, to me. Yeah. Yeah. All good. So we're talking like eight, 10, 12 and a half kilos. Like once we start lifting those, um, now your body's like, oh, like Christine is lifting more weight. Like now we need to mm -hmm, give her mm -hmm. more muscle mass so that when she lifts this again, she's more prepared. Um, yeah. And so that is why I think, and, and the, that's kind of like you said, we're like, is 10 pound dumbbells or less better than nothing? Absolutely. Like, I think that's totally yeah. fine. And I think mm -hmm. that that's it. I would rather you do that than not train at all. But if we're going to exactly. have an honest conversation mm -hmm. about strength and muscle building, you need the heavier weights. You need a heavier challenge. Like that, that's going to, it's, you can only do so much um, at that point. Yeah. And like it, eventually it'll start fine. And then eventually you'll plateau. Um, and then, yeah, so that's. And, you know, I would love to know what your take is on cardio, Mark. So mm -hmm. do you program with your clients? Are you just programming strength? Do they also want cardio? And how do you feel about cardio? <laughs> so I, I'm pro-cardio. Let's start with that. Yeah. Um, so I'm pro-cardio. <laughs> Most people come to me for more on the strength side. Um, I can mm -hmm. program the mm -hmm. cardio, but often I find that people, and, and part of it is just the content I put out that like people who come to me just want to get yeah. stronger. Or they're not focused on the cardio aspect. Cardio is good. We should encourage yeah. cardio. Um, if you're not doing any cardio, I think walking is a good place to be. I think yeah. mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you want the benefits from cardio, I think the best way to do that is to find cardio you like. Um, as kind of an example, I don't like running. I'm not going to do a running program, no matter like how much you tell me it's good for me or any of that kind of stuff. But I'll do hikes. Very good I'll for you. Hikes. Yeah. Um, and I think like, so I think that goes a long way. I think a lot of people feel like, well, if I'm taking health seriously, like I better be running three, four times a week. And it's just like not the case. Um, if you like running, no. that's cool. Like I think I, I'm, you know, and, and running and strength training go really well together because you're, you end up building strong joints to accommodate for the high impact that is running. Yes. Um, so I find mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. runners who don't strength train end up getting hurt eventually. Um, yeah, whereas like exactly. runners who do strength train, even like twice a week tend to be pretty okay. Um, but yeah, I would say like, if you're going to, you should have cardio in your life but you should find cardio you actually enjoy and then kind of make that part of your cardio routine as opposed to, you know, mandatory running or whatever else you might not like. See, this is, to me, this is really interesting because I, I teach a boot camp and, and other classes and I've got a lot of women that I teach that are very cardio focused. You know, they love a boot camp and I, I quite like a boot camp here and there. Um, but since starting strength training, my preferred <laughs> movement is training strength so just you know I love a run here and there but it's not my priority anymore 
But I think there's still a fear in women about taking up space. So for me, the mind shift was I am no longer using exercise to burn off calories and to make myself smaller. I am doing workouts such as strength training to build muscle. So, you know, I'm not talking about shrinking anymore. I'm talking about actually muscles getting bigger and taking up space. And I think that is still a conversation which, you know, is very much, we're still very cardio driven. Women of my Mm. age, kind of from the, the special K diet generation, the slim fast, the, you know, that's been how we've grown up. Um, And I still think there's a massive emphasis on just shrinking rather than building. No, I I, see that. I I fully agree. Um, I'm going to do what everyone hates and be a man who talks about women and their culture. But um, it's (laughs) going to be. Yeah. So obviously, I think like there's a lot of messaging about like almost like your smallest self is your best self. Like the weight on the scale Mm -hmm. is. And I think we are starting to shift away from that which is cool um but it's still very new Mm -hmm. um i think you were definitely talking about like you know if we're talking about women in their 40s and 50s the messaging Mm -hmm. of putting on muscle mass being larger maybe you don't have to be a size double like x small that's a very new Mm -hmm. messaging that's only really come up in the last five ten years Mm -hmm. um and so Mm -hmm. that's going to be something that is being relearned and i think often women are when women get into strength training they're almost like breaking a a stereotype or a cultural yes. norm that is like how women should exercise. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of really a lot of exercise is focused on like being your smallest self, um, being toned, having a feminine look, um, which is not with muscles or being bulky or lifting heavy weights. And I think we're starting to see that shift now where now we're talking about like, no, women are capable of a lot of things, like both in and out of the gym. Right. And I think yes. like that's good that like and now we're seeing more women get into the fitness space um if only to put on muscle mass and to become stronger for themselves but it's it's still new i think that's still like and if you're someone who is 45 55 this was not the messaging you had growing up like the messaging Mm -hmm. you had growing up was like well you better get in the gym so you can stay thin and pretty yes like that's your value as a person and like that's Mm -hmm. obviously like that's um i'm glad that's changing but i understand where people are coming from um, I also think as a side thing, cardio is easy to get into um, in the sense that you can just like put on running shoes or go to a treadmill and get started. And there's not a lot of education that necessarily belongs there or, or sorry, belongs there, but it, you don't need the education to get started where strength mm-hmm. training, you have to learn all this form and technique and have like yeah. a plan. And it's like, it's the barrier to entry is a little bit higher Yeah, that's for that true. reason. Um mm-hmm. And I think as well as like, if you're going to be in a weight room, often weight rooms are filled with young, non-approachable men. Um, <laughs> and maybe that's not a space that you want to be in. Um, mm-hmm. Or if there is a woman there, she's like jacked. And that yeah. like still doesn't really make you feel comfortable because she also does not resemble you. And so there's not a lot of people like you in the weight room space. So maybe it takes a little bit more courage to you know step next to the dumbbells as opposed to stepping into the cardio section um where it's just more common and easier Mm -hmm. to it doesn't you don't need the bravery to go to the treadmill as much as you need the bravery to take up a squat rack as an yes a hundred percent um you know and i think the benefits are huge but it is it's it's a real thing you know even when i was when i started doing the barbells and doing the powerlifting 
I was terrified. I'm a trainer. I'm, I've been in the fitness business for a long time. I was really terrified to go into the testosterone zone <laughs> and, you know, actually put a barbell on my back and, you know, feel judgment, even though it was my own judgment, really. But mm-hmm. I think that's very real. And I just want to validate that for people. There are gyms out there which are lovely, accommodating, friendly gyms. So it's just about having a look around really or taking somebody with you and making it a little bit easier for yourself um and also as you say training from home is a good option if you've got the space and you're willing to you know occasionally buy a new bit of kit if you can yeah um i think i if that's okay i want to add on to that is that so i think it's Mm -hmm. okay if you want to train at home for the convenience I think if you're Mm -hmm. training at home because the gym is scary, I think there are things that we can do to overcome that, that, so I totally accept that the gym can be an intimidating place at first. There are things we can do to make it less intimidating that I think Mm -hmm. are, should be part of the conversation. And I've also noticed that people who get to like their fourth or fifth workout tend to become more comfortable in the gym because they kind of realize that no one cares about their workouts. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Is it intimidating at first? Absolutely. But if you can get yourself to that fourth or fifth workout, you know, have some kind of workout plan with you, you know, and just have your music playing and do your thing that you end up being more comfortable in the gym. So I don't want people, if people want to work out at home because it's convenient and flexible and like you have Corbin at home, I think that's great. But mm-hmm. um, if the, if it's just because the gym is scary, then like I think we can have a conversation to overcome that. And you know what? There's so many different options because you could start working up at home until you feel a bit more confident with weights, and then maybe sure. go to the gym. And and you know there's so many routes in. But I totally agree with you that there's no reason. Don't let fear stop you because there's so many entry points. There's so many gyms out there that cater to different type, different populations. And I've Mm -hmm. always found gyms that have worked for me. And I've always taken friends with me if you can. I've always found times that are quieter where I can go in and just do my workout and not have to worry. So I totally agree. Don't let that be a barrier to your strength training, 100%. But um, to yeah. finish off, Mark, yeah. because um, I could chat away all day, as you know. Um, I want to ask about you. Tell me what your sure. goals are, Mark. What are your strength training goals, or what are your movement goals in general? Have you got any? Ooh. I so I I do. They have shifts. So I would say I I came from the powerlifting world. So a lot of my goals in the past were, you know, big squat, big deadlift, things like that. Um, I mm. have shifted a little bit so i still want to be strong at the powerlifting movements like i'm working on a big overhead press as well but i'm also working on building muscle mass as well and really like shifting my training so that it's more focused on that um not Mm -hmm. in a way that's Mm -hmm. like i want to look a certain way i don't really care about that part but for me i want to train like this for a long period of time and if i build more muscle mass it allows me to do that. I'll be able to train in my thirties, forties, fifties, et cetera. Like, because I have the muscle mass that I built before people can still yeah. train again. Like I, I have lifters I work with who started in their fifties and sixties. Like, so you don't have to, but, uh, for me, um, that's kind of one thing I focused on now because I'm 30. So it's one of those things where just building, I want to build the foundation so that in my forties, fifties and sixties, I can still have, more strength training goals in the future 
Um, yes. So that's kind of what I'm focused on. As, as for like strength goals, uh, I'm working on a big overhead press. It's been, um, in terms of talent, I would say I'm surprisingly talented at the overhead press compared to other lifts. Ooh. Um, so it's just like a fun thing for me to work on. Uh, my overhead press used to be the same strength as my bench press as like kind of an example. Wow. Um, wow. So mm. it's, which I like, uh, we, we, and it was like that out of the gate. Like I didn't earn that. It was like, um, and so for me, it's a fun thing to work on because I'm just naturally talented at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's one of the goals that I, one of my big goals I'm working on. And um, yeah, I used to have like really big squat and deadlift goals, but I kind of got them to a level where I'm content with where they're at. And I'm, I'm kind of shifting my training away from the traditional powerlifting training. So, which is fun. I, I absolutely love that because overhead press was my absolute nemesis. I hit an overhead press. Yeah, most people do. Yeah. I absolutely. I'm the it. weird one. I yeah. love a single arm. I can do it with a dumbbell or a kettlebell quite. I really enjoy a single arm press. I hit a barbell press. So yeah. well done. Most people do. I'm like the weird one who actually I, I hate. Um, I, I don't like the bench press for myself. It, it's a fine exercise. Um, I mm. find that for me, it's very uncomfortable and I've tried many mm. different variations and hand grips and all that kind of stuff. And it just never seems to sit properly. Um, but overhead press feels great. So, but that's not a normal experience. Usually it's the opposite. Um, usually people prefer bench <laughs> over overhead press. So. And Mark, if we were going to go work with you or hang out with you, where do you hang out and how can we work with you? Oh yeah, for sure. So I, I would say the big places I'm in right now are Instagram, TikTok, and my podcast. So Instagram and TikTok are at Training Strong Women. Um, I've started being more active on Threads now. Um, Ooh, so if you well like done. Threads, well done. then yeah. Um, so that's been a fun experience. And my podcast is called the Badass Lifter Podcast. So I'm, I'm very focused again, weight neutral, kind of just showing beginner lifters how to begin the strength training process, what that looks like without the weight on the scale. Um, and just I, my, my hope with the podcast is to give you all the tools that you need so that you can feel confident, you know, beginning your lifters journey. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in other places too, but those are kind of like the big, the big places to find me. I really like your podcast. So when I was sort of beginning in Thank my lifting you. days and my powerlifting days, it was really useful. I, re I listened to it like continually because I was just at the beginning where you get really excited by all those new begins. <laughs> um, and it was just I, yeah. really helpful. Oh, um, so I'm I encourage glad. people I, I to. Yeah, I, no, I really that. enjoyed it. But um, I do want to talk to you about threads. I went on threads and I'm like, this is amazing. And then eventually I was like, I can't do it all. I can't do Instagram. I can't do everything and threads. It's too much, Mark. It's just too yeah, much. Yeah. It's just... Um, yeah, you got to, I think as a creator, you have to figure out, okay, how many platforms can I realistically be on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of people, it's hard to be on multiple platforms and yeah, um, especially if you're, well, I guess you're a well-established business now, but like for new businesses, I always tell people like, just start with one and try and get really good at that one. Mm. And then you can move away. But um, mm. if you try to do like, yeah, branch out, but if you try to be on like six different platforms at once, like it's just, it's just overwhelming and burnout's a very real thing in the creator world. Um, 100%. I like threads um, because it's 
very to make content is very quick yeah which is nice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and sometimes you just don't feel like filming that day but i'll just like put out some threads and see what happens um but it it is a very yeah (laughs) it's um it's a very new place i don't know i feel like it has potential to be the next big thing but i feel like as of right now it's clearly like on the side of like people aren't talking about threads for the most part like i feel like everyone tried it for like five days and then they were like no i'm good and then didn't come back to it (laughs) um but i think i think i don't know i i i enjoy it as like a change of pace so yeah yeah well maybe i'll revisit but and we shall hang out with you on tiktok and instagram and your podcast i'll put all the details in the show notes but for now thank you for joining me mark and have a lovely rest of your day thanks for having me this was a great conversation Enjoy.